Hey guys, welcome to my series of podcast episodes about what? How? Um, My goal with these episodes is going to be to try to explain to you what a certain comprehensible input strategy is and how to implement it in your classrooms. I hope they're helpful for you. Hey friends, I know it's been a really long time since I've recorded an episode. Um, To be quite honest, because I always try to show my highlight reel, R-E-A-L, here with you all. Um, I've been struggling kind of with with my mental health um, these last couple of winter months and just school and everything's just been overwhelming. Um, plus my cat, who is I consider to be my soulmate, who I've had for the last seven years, um, he's been battling cancer and mast cell tumors for the last two years. And in the last two months, they've really come back and he's got about 10 of them and we're switching chemotherapy medications. And so I'm just, my brain is all over the place. And to be quite honest, it's... Uh, It's been a struggle to just kind of get through the days and show up to work. Um, So I apologize that I haven't been showing up for you, and I appreciate you waiting. And I have a lot more that I want to share, and I'm hoping um, spring break next week will give me time to kind of refresh, rejuvenate, start to plan for the end of the year so I can get back and start sharing some wonderful ideas with all of you. But I did want to share about one strategy that I did today. Um, I did not create this strategy, and it is called... Uh, reverse charades and specifically reading reverse charades. Um, I did learn about this strategy from Senora Chase's blog um, and she credited that she learned it from La Maestra Loca who also has a blog post about it. So basically what I did was I had my students, we did a write and discuss style summary of the Mayamo Victor graphic novel we've been reading from Senor Woolley. So really you could do this with Um, any kind of text that you're working with. Um, But basically, we typed up a summary. It was about, I don't know, three to four paragraphs. And I know that's a lot of text, and you could definitely do it with less. Um, But it was a whole, you know, like 60-plus page graphic novel that we were trying to summarize. So we had a lot of content. Feel free to adjust for your students. And basically, the way that we played it, which is very similar to how Senora Chase mentions it in her blog, is... The students are split into teams. I have very small classes today. It's almost spring break. We had almost a third of the students gone in the seventh grade, so I only split the class into two teams. There were about six to seven students per team, and I think that that would be a pretty good number. So if you're able to break them into groups of about, I probably wouldn't want to do any more than eight on a team. Because at that point, you're going to have kids that are going to be not participating and being able to get away with it because everyone else in the group will be. I think six was a was an excellent an excellent size for a team. Um, so anyhow, I had the students break into two teams, and what I did on my end was I printed out copies of the written summary. You only need one copy for each team, and then as a as um, preparation before we played, I pulled individual sentences. Or you could do more than one sentence or phrases, depending on what works for you. I just pulled one sentence from the summary and stuck it on a slide. So then what happened was the teams are split into two. Each team had to decide which student was going to be the guesser. And then the rest of the team is acting it out. So like in charades, normally it's one person acting and the team is guessing. Well, it's reverse charades because there's one person guessing and everyone else is acting it out. Senora Chase suggests that you could have the students do like Pictionary where they could draw it instead of acting, but I didn't have a space for them to easily draw. Um, 
but you could do it in a similar way if you wanted to allow them that or allow them that choice. So I had on my new line board, my interactive like smart board, um, I had the students who were guessing with their backs to it. So they can't see the sentence, but the rest of the students, the ones who are acting it out, can see the sentence. So for example, one of our sentences um, was something like, Victor está nervioso y confundido. Victor is nervous and confused. So the guesser is standing with their back to that sentence. The rest of the team is acting that sentence out while the guesser looks at the summary page that's printed out in front of them. So they're getting extra input by reading through those sentences and trying to find the one that matches the actions that their team is acting out. And in order to cut down on chaos about like who guessed first or who guessed second, I had a bell um, that was evenly spaced between the two guessers. Like I put X's on the floor where the guessers needed to stand. Um, and then I had a bell in between them. This would work way better if you didn't have desks, if, if you're deskless, but I have desks. So we may do, we made it work. Um, and so then the guesser, once they knew which sentence they thought it was, had to go ring the bell. And then that means they got a chance to guess. They only get one guess because that gives them more incentive to try to watch their team longer before they're just guessing random sentences. So then the guesser just read the sentence from the summary sheet that they had in their hands. And if they guessed right, their team got a point. If they guessed wrong, then the other team got a free guess. If the other team guessed wrong, no points are awarded. And then they switch roles. And I required my students to all take turns being the guesser because they're all going to, you know, get that extra input by reading through the page. Um, and like I encourage students and I would give, if I did this again, because this is my first time doing this activity, if I would do this activity again, I would give more direction before we start to my actors, to the ones who are acting out and doing the charades. Like some of you can, for example, one of the sentences we had was like, Lucia enters in, enters Victor's house. So like, I was like, you need to help them by like acting out house. You need to show like how is she entering. Someone could be a door. Like they can work together to act it out. It's not one person trying to act out the whole scene. It's the whole team trying to act it out. Um, and even I noticed even by like the third or fourth sentence that we did, my reluctant actors that were like, this is stupid. I don't want to do this. were like helping out or trying to because they could see like, I can add to the scene where my rest of my teammates are not getting it or are not acting it out clearly. And I just reinforced to them, like, it's okay if you get it wrong. We have plenty of sentences. Because our summary was like four paragraphs long, I had like 25 slides. Um, we played this for probably about 20 to 25 minutes, and we maybe got through... 15, 14 of the slides. Um, so you could easily fill a whole class period with this if you have enough content. Or if you are just doing it kind of as a review or at the end of class or something like that, you could um, play it for like 10 minutes and just have, you know, basically each person takes one turn and have like six sentences. So if you're using the Stepping Stones curricular framework, um, I am, we are reading, we are currently in our, our cycle two, which is all about 
stories, um, which is why we're reading the graphic novel and kind of doing things with that. We did not follow the daily framework today um, because we're also doing the Locura de Marzo, March Madness music bracket. So I basically had the students do a little bit with the music and then we moved on to playing this game as a way to review, especially since we're leading up to spring break, things have just gotten kind of chaotic. Um, but you could easily do this as like a student application and assessment strategy or you could do it as like a re in place of reading workshop for like the next day um, or just take a break from your daily framework and do it as a way to maybe review before an assessment day or something like that. If you wanted to, I just thought of how you could play this in the moment. If you have a way to either type or write on a document camera, um, you could probably type out the sentence that you want to pick um, and type it on the board so that the people doing the charades could could see it in the moment and act it out. Um, but in that case, maybe your students wouldn't be able to have a copy of the possible sentences in front of them. But if you're doing something that's a shorter text or something they're really, really, really familiar with already, um, they might already be able to come up with those sentences without having the summary sheet in front of them. Um, and obviously you would want to give them a lot of leeway for grammatical accuracy, pronunciation, things like that. But if they kind of got the gist of it and guessed it, um, then I would say go ahead and give them the points. So I highly encourage you to try it. I will try to remember to go back and link Senora Chase's blog post on this and also La Maestra Loca, Annabelle Williamson's blog post on it in the description. But if I don't, if you search reverse charades or if you look at senorachase.com or La Maestra Loca, you should be able to find it with a little bit of searching. But it brought me so much joy, to be quite honest. I laughed so hard. I snorted. I was like wheezing. I was crying. Um, and I can't tell you, it's been months since I felt that that good and that happy in my classroom. And it was a great reminder for me to take the stress off. And some days we have a little fun, do a little review, do a little extending, and just enjoy that time and that community together. So I hope you're having a good spring. And I hope to be back soon to share more with you on your teaching journey.